Welcome to the Gone Trippin' Podcast. I'm Ren. And I'm Ashley. And we're your hosts for today's podcast. Expect some tangents. You're along for the ride as we interview valued people in the travel industry. From photographers to vagabonds and everything in between. Let us help you make every trip an adventure. Reading the road signs, gone trippin'. One playlist at a time. Gone trippin', odometer's tickin'. My Mountain Dew and Red Bull sippin'. I'm a road warrior on a mission You won't find me just sitting home wishing Cause I am gone tripping This episode is brought to you by The Ninth Project. Named after Beethoven's Symphony No. 9, The Ninth Project is a clothing brand that seeks to inspire adventure and the exploration of the unknown. From tees, sweatshirts, leggings, and more, each item uses premium materials with movement in mind. Every purchase plants a tree, and you can even request where your tree will be planted. Save 15% on your entire order using code Podcast at ninthproject.com. It's that time. Drink of the day! Because every road trip starts with a drink. Our drink of the day today is cherry wine. Uh, it's a that is not cherry wine. This is cheer, cheer wine. wine. Oh. <laughs> this is a soft drink. This is not alcoholic because you should not drink and drive. Yes. This is cheer wine, but it is cherry flavored. Yes. I think. It Somewhere is. I saw cherry on here. Yes. It's cherry crafted. It says right here on the Sticker. side. Crafted yes. cherry taste with real cane sugar. I don't know so, how I feel about a soda being called cheer wine. I've never well, heard I of mean, this before. It was created in 1917. So you got to put that into perspective. All right. Well, are you going to open this up? Oh, yeah. I totally am. You just twisted that off. I don't know if I'm... Oh, look, I can twist it too. Wow. There we go. Your first one. Yep. That is cherry. It almost tastes like a cherry Coke. Yeah, I can see that. You definitely get the cherry, but it's not like the full Coke flavor. It's very... It's almost like a root beer with a cherry flavor. It's not a root beer. It's definitely like a Coke, because I'm not a big Coke drinker. I don't know if I would get this again. Yeah, no, I... I think if you like cherry Coke, maybe you like cheer wine. Well, and that's where, um, when I was looking at this, there was... Uh, I saw uh, one of our previous drinks of the day, Stewart's Black Cherry. Oh, that one's yummy. And that one is really good. This so, tastes nothing like that. This definitely tastes like a like a cherry Pepsi. That's what it is. Yeah. It has a Pepsi flavor, not a Coke flavor. Yeah. Um, But it definitely has got like that aftertaste of a Pepsi, but with like a cherry flavoring. Very, very heavy cherry flavor to it. Well, there's two things we need to mention about why we pick cherry. Yes. One is you hate cherries. Well, I hate the texture of cherries. I love the flavor. Well, it's ridiculous. You can't hate the texture <laughs> one with flavor. And then two is our guest has to do with cherry. So should we move on to our guest? Let's move on to our guest. All right. Welcome for today's guest. We have Nora from the National Cherry Blossom Festival joining us to talk about the National Cherry Blossom Festival coming up here uh, in March, end of March and uh, beginning of April. Nora, welcome. How are you doing today? Hi, how are you guys? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no, we are glad to have you on. Um, we uh, moved here about a year and a half ago to this side of the country. Um, and one of the first things that uh, we discovered was the National Cherry Blossom Festival. I don't know if I've heard of it. 
You before, hadn't heard of it? Not before we moved here. No. I definitely had heard about it. Every Because there's a whole bunch of things you hear about the East Coast. One is how gorgeous fall is, which is true. Mm-hmm. And the National Cherry, Cherry Blossom, Blossom Festival. Festival. But yeah, no, I'd heard about it. And last year we were actually, we saw it and we tried to come to it and it just didn't work out schedules. And I'm a wimp. It was really cold that weekend. <laughs> so I'm hoping it's warmer this week and we've definitely got it on our list of things to hit up. Yeah. And the nice thing is it's not, it's not a one weekend event. It's uh, from March uh, 20th till April 14th. Uh, you got events going on throughout that, that time period. And first off, you have the uh, Pink Tie Party. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So the Pink Tie Party is actually um, our biggest fundraising event. It's really like a gala. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, for those who maybe don't realize that the National Cherry Blossom Festival is actually a nonprofit organization. So, you know, we um, have a full staff, a full team that works all year round to plan this festival. And the great thing about it is that the majority of our events are actually free and open to the public. So really um, a big way that we're able to do that and make sure that our events remain free every year is through this pink tie party. Um, So we have this every year. It's at the Ronald Reagan building, which if you're not familiar, is just this huge, gorgeous building um, right downtown in DC. And it's an evening event. There's an open bar. This year we'll have a DJ, um, a ton of really great restaurants from throughout DC will provide food, um, lots of fun surprises. The decor is just totally over the top and amazing. Um, so that's that's a really fun one, and it's always a great way to kind of kick things off for the year. We like to think of it as like the official welcome to blossom season and to gala season in DC. So really a fun event if you're able to come to it and get a ticket. It it really it all goes to a great cause in the end. Okay, well I know black tie and white tie. So define pink tie. <laughs> is it everyone's wearing pink? Pink tie is really the name of the game. So. Cocktail attire, definitely pink is a huge focal point of this event. So sure. a lot of ladies in their pink dresses. You know, we've got some pink gowns that always come through that really steal the show. Um, as the name implies, you know, men in their pink ties or pink bow ties with their suits. And some people really, really go over the top with their outfits. Um, we've had, you know, fashion competitions for like the best dress. And we've seen some pretty amazing pink attire at this one. So it's definitely a lot of fun. I was going to say, That's I think awesome. I saw a guy wearing a pink paisley blazer. Yes, um, yes. That, <laughs> That's one awesome. of the photos. But uh, yeah, so, that, so that's a really cool event. Uh, that's how basically the, the National Cherry Blossom Festival is able to be funded. Uh, like you uh, went into, um, very much there's a lot of free uh, events for people to come. And that was, you know, as a parent, uh, we have four kids coming with us. And that's always something like, okay, what's the cost to benefit ratio here? Well, free is really hard to beat. Um, and <laughs> Especially so, with four kids. Yeah. So uh, I, some of the events that I, I noticed you got on there, you have the uh, the opening ceremony, the um, tidal basin welcome area has all sorts of uh, welcoming stuff for, for families. I saw pictures with, uh, you know, put your heads through a gopher hole. Uh, <laughs> you have the Blossom Kite Festival, which I think that one really... I was like, the well, kids that, would go nuts. that's what caught my eye. So go through a couple of the events and a couple of your big ones and, and what it is that, you know, the big the big ones that you love and that people absolutely should see, especially if they're coming in from out of town. Definitely. So, you know, you really started going through through the list of some of my favorites, but, you know, to touch on the Blossom Kite Festival, that's personally one of my favorite events of all time. It is 
just so spectacular. It's right on the National Mall. So you've got the amazing backdrop of the Washington Monument. Um, and it's it's right, you know, in this historic part of D.C. And really the best part about it is it's just, you know, endless kites as really as far as your eye can see. I mean, it's just spectacular kites of all kinds of colors, sizes. There's some really unique kites um, at that event. And even if you are not familiar with kite flying, it's not something you do on a day-to-day basis. This is definitely a sight to see. Um, I would honestly, I believe pictures do not do this event justice because it's just incredible. Right. Um, But aside from that, you know, there's also activities that happen at that event. So even if you're bringing little little kids with you, you know, there's a lot going on. So if they fly their kite for a little bit and they want to move on to the next activity, you know, there's arts and crafts. We've got um, bubbles at the event. There's a little bit of music. And then really the most spectacular is we have um, these professional kite flyers. So many people don't know that there are some people out there who are really serious about kite flying. It's their lives. It's really their passion. Um, And so they do a lot of demonstrations and competitions. And when you see what these people can do, it is just mind boggling. I mean, they (laughs) are so talented. Um, They can really do some crazy tricks with their kites. Um, Definitely one I'd recommend if, if I had to pick one. Well, that's funny you say that because I found out a couple of years ago that my sister-in-law happens to be one of these crazy kite flyers and I had no idea. And oh what gosh. I didn't know was there's two-handed, there's two-handed kites. There and, are. And they're yes. like crazy good at them and like what they can do with it. It's insane. It, it is insane. You know, one of, one of um, the competitions we have, these people will fly these kites that go up super high and they'll actually try to knock the other people's kites out of the sky so they're called um they're like basically like a battle um so people will do these battles and they get really intense and the crowd you know really just goes nuts watching watching you know these super skilled kite flyers try to knock each other's kites out of the sky it's it's really a lot of fun oh that's funny well and when i think of kites so you can bring your own kite and fly it right is there right. any rules as far as uh what you bring a motorized kite well, is that what you're I, thinking I, i'm from i'm from idaho <laughs> Uh, no, I'm from Idaho, and uh, we always grew up with fishing pole kites. Um, ah, what is and, that? Well, basically, it's a kite, but uh, you attach your kite to fishing string and a fishing pole. It makes it really easy to reel it in uh, and have control because you got you know six feet, eight feet of a pole out there, so you can get that that twerk to get your your kite up. So, wow. is there is unconventional kite flying? approved <laughs> so great question i don't think i've ever seen one like that before i know there are definitely a couple rules that's a nice you know, way of being, saying no <laughs> <laughs> being on you know national park service property being right there on the national mall um of course there are some guidelines there's definitely um a height requirement for how high you can fly a kite so we actually have what we like to call our kite cops who actually make sure people are not going up too high um definitely no drones but i don't know about the about the about the poles on the kites that's something i'll definitely need to find out about yeah, if, well if you'll know cool, that I'll if we're it. there or not because yeah. we'll apparently have fishing poles <laughs> i'll be the only one with a fishing pole all right so, yeah. the children and i will have real kites <laughs> no. well and i think that's definitely one um that we will want to hit up and if, just for those listeners you want to go check out their events you can go to the national cherry blossom festival.org uh, and look at their events, gives all the information there. Well, there's another event that we need to talk about 
because yeah. I think it's going to be just as fun as the pink tie party. Okay. It's the pedal palooza. Tell us about that. <laughs> yes. I knew you were going there. Yes. Pedal palooza. Um, that's a great, really all day long outdoor event. Um, it's held at the wharf, which if you're not familiar with the DC area, that's really a fairly new development um, to the DC neighborhood. It's right along the waterfront. Lots of great restaurants down at the wharf, um, really along piers. Um, so in the daytime, it's several stages with live music, um, all kinds of fun activities for really all ages. You know, you've got your arts and crafts, you've got fun stuff for parents or even just, you know, that younger millennial audience. Um, we've got a beer garden and then the evening is capped off with an amazing fireworks display. And that one really draws a a pretty great amount of people who just love to come watch those fireworks year after year. And that's over, that's on the wharf. So is that over water then the fireworks? It show? is. That's it awesome. Is. Those are my favorite. Is that over by the big Ferris wheel? That, uh, no, the right Ferris wheel is actually over at national Harbor okay. and that, that Ferris wheel actually does um, light up in pink every year for the festival oh, nice. as part of our city in bloom program. Oh, fun. Very so cool. that's fun too. Yeah. Awesome. Wait, what's the city in bloom program? See, I only yeah. know about the cherry festival. <laughs> I know very little. Tell us all. <laughs> Definitely. So the city in bloom program is where, you know, we partner with um, area businesses and, institutions so they can really showcase the festival and get involved and really showcase the excitement so a lot of places will either light their buildings or their storefronts in pink or um you know really deck out their spaces with these blossom decals that we have um we also just started doing like a a window competition where different storefronts will decorate their their windows um in obviously in cherry blossom themed and then we pick a winner based on you know the most creative displays so there are some really fun um locations where you can kind of see their interpretation of cherry blossoms and how they're playing it out um on their buildings that is awesome one of the, my favorite topics to talk about whenever i talk to anybody on this on this show is what about food i like food as you can tell um i'm a foodie uh, <laughs> but he likes like good like to the area with, yeah, you know like I, unique I, I, I'm, cultural I'm, appropriate food well, for the area how do you I, say that what's I, the word I always say I'm not picky when it comes to food except for oh yeah he doesn't like cherries uh, though cherries. so <laughs> this is good. he likes cherry flavors but like not cherry flavors, cherries well that's yeah. yeah, not a problem. Um, so DC definitely has an amazing culinary scene. Um, definitely, you know, up and coming in terms of amazing restaurants. Um, our city was featured in the Michelin Guide recently. So that's definitely a point of pride for our city. Um, so we do um, work with restaurants in the area as part of our Cherry Picks program. Um, you can view, you know, a whole list of participating restaurants over on our website. But Really, the essence of this program is that, you know, these restaurants will serve um, cherry blossom inspired cuisine and cocktails. So we kind of let the restaurants um, interpret that as they like. We try to let them really have the creative control over what they're serving. But, you know, not everything is cherry flavored. Some things are just you know, pink or really spring inspired um, in general, really 
kind of lighter flavor profiles, um, things that really make you feel like, okay, now we're in spring mode. Um, so a lot of great places throughout the city, they're kind of spread out throughout the region and there's a lot of amazing places to choose from. Um, this year we'll kind of be splitting things up by weeks. So we'll have one week where we'll be focusing on cocktails, another week focusing on desserts and another week focusing specifically on entrees. So it really should be a lot of fun, a lot of diversity within um, what will be served as part of the Cherry Picks program. So as far as recommendations go, one, I'd like to know what your favorite, because I was going through the list and there is a lot of options here. I saw some barbecue. I guess what the two questions would be, what's your favorite uh, place to eat off the list? And then also, what are some of your best recommendations for you know kids? Because that's one of the things when we go down to that area, it's some, always a, some, a coin flip. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kid friendly foods. Well, and it's not like we just want chicken nuggets, but we just want, you know, like a good family friendly atmosphere. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are so many options to choose from. Um, I would say my personal favorite would have to be district donut. Um, definitely. They've got Sold. amazing donuts, <laughs> you know, as the name implies, I would say that's one I definitely cannot miss every year. And, um, I love when they incorporate, you know, the cherry blossom theming into what they're serving. So definitely I'd add that to your list um, for places to stop. But that being said, we really do have a range of different types of, of cuisine. So it, you know, totally depends on what you're into and what kind of food you like. Um, I would also recommend if you're on our site, if you're looking at an event, we do um, provide nearby restaurants. And so that also might be a great way to kind of filter um, where to eat that day is just, sure. you know, based on location and what's in the area. So that's another great resource. Very cool. So the festival goes for several weeks and especially for people. So we're from out West and one of the hardest things for me to figure out here, it's <laughs> not necessarily the weather. It has to do more with the wind. So I'll look at the temperature and I'll be like, Oh, that's not so bad. And then I get caught by the wind and DC is fairly windy too. So if we're coming to visit how, what do you suggest for, it could be spring. It could be the end of winter. What do you do? Sure. I mean, I would say plan ahead. Um, you know, a lot of people really wait until that last minute to see are the blossoms, you know, in bloom? What's the weather that day? I would really say pick which events you like first, the events that interest you the most, and really plan your trip around that. Um, really build that experience around the sites, the events you want to go to, um, rather than the weather. Because, you know, it's true, the weather can be unpredictable. Um, but the great thing about it is that we do have several weeks of programming going on. So if, if you know, on one day the weather's not so great, the good thing is you can come back, you know, the next weekend, assuming you didn't wait until the very last moment. So plan ahead, check the weather before you come. Um, but even if it's not, you know, such a great day, I would still encourage you to come out because a lot of times, you know, you can stop here and, and go inside to one of our restaurants to kind of um, get some relief from from the weather if it's, you know, not the most beautiful day. But of course, this year, we're going to have nothing but perfect weather. So exactly. nothing to worry about, right? Well, exactly. well that kind of leads into uh, the question about the stages of the cherry blossoms. I was kind of reviewing that on your site. Um, and there's multiple stages of the blossom. There's peak season uh, or peak week, I guess they call it, um, where 70% of the blossoms are in bloom. But uh, stage one usually starts... Uh, you know, all over the place. I saw that uh, last year was February 25th. It's February 21st, the week, uh, the year before that. And then the year before that, it was, you know, March 8th. So 
how you're down there in the DC area. I'm guessing you guys are kind of keeping an eye on the, the blossoms with this crazy weather we're having right now where we get six inches of snow and then the next day, 52 degrees and sunny. Um, what's it looking like down there? there? Yeah. So we work very closely with the national park service and their horticulturalists. So they're really the ones who are looking at the blossoms, monitoring the weather and really making those, um, you know, informed uh, guesses on when the blossoms will be in bloom. So I wish I had an answer for that question. It certainly would make my life a little less hectic, (laughs) but you know, we, we do understand that a large part of this is really just up to mother nature. And that's why, you know, we build in so many great events throughout um, several weeks because, you know, if the blossoms are a little late, a little early, there's still something great going on no matter when you come during the festival. that being said, I, I do want to talk a little bit about peak bloom. Um, you know, a lot of people um, maybe have this idea that peak bloom is like the only time to come check out the blossoms, but that's definitely not true. So just a little personal tip. Um, as soon as those blossoms start um, to bud, I would recommend coming down. Peak bloom is not one day long. It's, you know, it's really a range of dates. It can last, it can last a few days up to a week, maybe even two weeks. Um, So before and after peak bloom are also amazing times to come out and see them. Um, Peak bloom is really like, you know, a scientific term. It means 70% of the blossoms are open, but you know, when 60% are open, you likely to the human eye are not going to necessarily tell the difference. Right. Um, so definitely keep that in mind. You know, we, we try to update our site as much as possible with um, updates that we receive from the National Park Service. So, um, you know, really any time that those blossoms are out, even towards the end of the, of the blooming stage, it's still definitely, definitely incredible. Well, rumor has it there's a cam that you can watch the cherry blossoms is that correct that's true yeah that's true too there is there is a camera out there um where you can watch a live a live stream of those trees i mean i uh personally wouldn't recommend you know sitting there watching it you won't see too much action but if you just want to quickly hop on and see you know what are they looking like today that's definitely a great resource (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) you're gonna have it on the tv aren't you (laughs) (laughs) No, very cool. Uh, so one other thing that uh, I saw as I was going through your website uh, was you have a, a full-on kids section uh, with a student art contest, things they can do actually before they even come down to the Cherry Blossom Festival. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you have to offer and you know how people can participate in those? Definitely. So we do offer um, a lot of great youth initiatives as part of our organization. Um, One of them, as you mentioned, is the Youth Art Contest. So we work with um, schools in the area and in particular, we work with, you know, the art departments and the art teachers to, um, you know, we provide a theme every year and the students will submit their work. um, And it really is a very fun, you know, competition for the students. Their work gets displayed um, at an art gallery uh, here in D.C. And, you know, there's a really great reception for them as well as, um, you know, we do award prizes to the winners um, of that competition. It is judged. Um, So that's definitely a lot of fun. We also, you know, for older um, for older, I don't want to call them kids, but for college graduates um, or you know, college students, we have our Goodwill Ambassador program as well. Uh, and that's really 
a great experience for anyone that's, you know, interested in um, Japanese-American relations, um, international studies. It's really a great way to get involved with us and um, really take a more involved uh, approach. So that's definitely um, a great program we have as well. Well, Also on there, you can, uh, they have games and puzzles that you can download and print. And I'm just sitting here thinking, well, what better way to, hey, kids, we're going to go down to the Cherry Blossom Festival. Uh, here's something to color. In I know, the car where we're yeah, going. Exactly. I know totally. that's, that's the one thing that keeps our kids from fighting is you give them some crayons and, and something to draw on and they're content. As long as it's not yeah, on the speaker of my car busy. anymore. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... So the National Cherry Blossom Festival Parade is one of our biggest events, um, really a great one for for families and for children. Um, all kinds of gigantic helium balloons. There's performances, lots of dancers. We've got some fun, uh, exciting celebrity talent in the parade. Um, and that one is always, you know, draws a huge crowd. Um, also a free event, although if you want to um, sit in the grandstands and really get a great view of the parade. Um, those, you know, do have tickets associated with it. But if you just want to come stand along the parade route, um, it's a totally free, super fun experience. Definitely one um, that you don't want to miss. And that's on a Saturday morning, right? Right. That's on April 13th. Um, starts at 10 a.m. on Constitution Avenue. Um, and it's also um on television as well. So if you're not able to make it, you can catch it on TV. Very cool. And get there early, even if you're not in the grandstands. Because I was reading about that one last year, and it sounded a little intense with seating, because it was like, if you want to <laughs> seat, buy here. And if you don't want to see, get there like six hours early. I mean, that's not what they said, but like that was kind of my like overwhelming feeling of like, I don't know if we're going to make it. Yeah, right? So, but it's, it's one of your biggest events, so we should plan for crowds. Is that right? Yeah, definitely plan for crowds, you know, come early if you can. Um, but, you know, really the way if you if you really hate to be in a crowd, I would definitely recommend just getting a seat. And the, those tickets start at $20. So um, if that's something that's important to you to have to have a spot to sit down and watch, I would definitely recommend it. I know our kids are going to first thing they're going to ask is uh, in the grandstands, do you get candy thrown at you? <laughs> um, I believe we have in the past. I don't know what what will happen this year, but you might just have to come and find out. Well, speaking of other things that you may have not mentioned on purpose that I'm going to ask anyhow, is you said celebrity appearances. Do we get any teasers for who's going to come (laughs) or do we have to show up to find out? So we've got a grand marshal, but I'm not going to say who just yet. Um, I would say you likely do know him though. Um, He's a lot of fun. He's an actor. Um, But, you know, we've got other great really exciting performers this year if you watch american idol um michael j woodard is going to be in the parade this year um all kinds of you know really fun fun people coming on so it'll be exciting that is awesome yeah very cool uh transportation wise on your site you also have uh different ways you know you can choose i'm gonna come in on the rail i'm gonna come in uh you know uber gives you all information there that you can find a kind of figure out. We'll probably be coming in, uh, jumping on a train. Uh, yes. Every chance we get. <laughs> yeah. So. We've never braved parking in DC, and we don't plan on changing that. We'll take the rail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> public public transportation is definitely the recommended method of getting around the festival. Um, I would say um, metro would be um, the best option to get around town. If you absolutely have to drive. Um, 
We do have a partnership with Spot Hero where you can reserve parking in advance at some of our events. But, you know, public transportation definitely is the way to go if you can. Yeah. Very cool. I agree with that. So I really enjoyed learning more about the Cherry Blossom Festival. It's one of those things where, like I said, I didn't know... I don't recall knowing much about it, if anything about it, before we moved out here. And then as soon as we got out here, we were like, oh, the Cherry Blossom. Well, it was you. I know. You, you yeah. were on a Cherry Blossom <laughs> Festival last year. It was like, well, hey, but let's go. Now I've got some personal questions. Yes. The first one is, how did you get involved with the Cherry Blossom? Are you from the area and you just loved it? Or have you moved in here? And I mean, what's, what's your background? So I'm actually from the D.C. area. I'm from a city called Rockville, Maryland, which is a suburb of D.C. About... 40 minutes away. Um, So I grew up in the area. I've been here my whole life. Um, I actually started with the festival when I was in college at the University of Maryland. Um, I was an intern. um, And then when I graduated, I joined the team full time and I have been here ever since. That's awesome. So did you do the Goodwill Ambassador program as well? Or did you just do a little bit different internship? I didn't. I was a communications intern. That's awesome. So I think Rockville is where we get on the train, isn't it? It it might be (laughs) highly likely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we have more personal questions for you. You want to keep going? Well, yes, of course. Well, first off, uh, so Cherry Blossom Festival, you're definitely all things Cherry Blossom Festival right now. This peak of the season, a lot of the year. What else do you like to travel? Uh, Ashley here is more of a, you know, city type uh, traveler. Big city, get on a plane and a hotel. That's my travel. Get out in the woods, hike somewhere, you know, cook something over a fire. What what type of travel do you like to do um, and where are some of your favorite places that you've been? Definitely. That's a great question. Um, so one of my favorite places, a lot of people are shocked to hear this, so I don't have any children. Um, I go with my boyfriend basically every year now for the past few years to Disney World. So we love Disney World. We go sometimes more than once a year. And that has just been like a total obsession for us over the past couple of years. Um, I know that's not like a city or even, you know, an adventurous trek, but I think that's why we love it. You know, you get there and you don't really have to think about much. Um, It's really all laid out for you super easy. And that's definitely my place favorite place to travel to. That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Have you been in any places out west? Um, yeah, so I, I was actually just in San Diego this fall. I Ooh. believe it or not, was at um, the International Festivals and Events Association where a lot of people from other festivals similar to this one um, learn from each other and um, find out more about what we're all doing within the industry. But I did go out a little early so I could enjoy the beach and um, spend some time with friends that were there. And I, I definitely love it. It's great to be out there in the warmth and it's it's great out there. I love San Diego. One of my favorite places, especially for beaches. If you ever go back to San Diego, I'm just going to throw out a shout out to Phil's Barbecue in San Diego. Not been there. Um, it is delicious barbecue. Their tri-tip sandwich is amazing. Ooh. Like he said, um, he likes food when he travels. Well, that's I, the place totally that he I'm only, at the beach. He's I've, at the barbecue joint. I've only been to San Diego once, and that's where I went for my birthday. I got a free tri-tip sandwich. So, so was it nice. good because the food oh, no, was no. good, or was it, it good because it was your birthday? If, I, it was free. if we went to San Diego uh, again, I would be going to Phil's. It's on the list. Okay. So, yeah, definitely wow. good barbecue. Um, and always the line, down for that. There's always a line, but the line moves quick, so don't <laughs> let right. that scare you away. So I guess another question would be, what uh, was your biggest travel fail? All right. So I've got 
kind of a strange story to tell about a travel fail. We love um, those. When, when I was a teenager, I was still in high school. Um, I went on a school trip to Greece. Um, so, you know, they had like the senior trip where you would go with a bunch of your friends and it was, you know, it had an educational component as well. So you're not just, you know, roaming aimlessly through through a foreign country. So we get there and part of the trip is to go on a cruise um, to the various islands of Greece, which was um, what I thought would be really incredible. And it was, and it was, but the cruise ship was very small and I had never been on a cruise before. Um, I also forgot that I'm very boat sick. I get very boat sick very easily. So this is a very small cruise. Um, it's not like a luxury cruise where, you know, you eat a buffet all day. It's like you're trying to get from point A to point B and here's your bed and here's the shower. Um, but it was still it was still nice. So anyway, a bunch of my classmates and I, um, we had um, patches to use for seasickness. And as soon as I got on it, I was like, give me that right now. I'm feeling seasick. <laughs> so a, a ton of us put it on um, and it helped a little with the seasickness, but Within a couple hours, we're sitting down for dinner, and I'm looking at the menu, and I can't read anything. I'm like, I, I can't see anything on this menu. I'm holding it far. I'm holding it close. I can't see anything. And then a couple of my friends were like, yeah, I can't see anything either. Like, I like everything looks really fuzzy and really gray, and, like, I don't know what's going on with my vision. So I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do. I have no idea what's causing this. Maybe like I drank something crazy. I I don't know. So we look at the back of the box of those patches and we saw that temporary blindness was a side effect. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) So needless to say, I took it off immediately. The next day I was fine, but I was terrified i thought that i was going blind because i guess i was that is horrible i mean when you when you watch those commercials and they go really fast over all the things that can happen to you that is one of the worst i think is to all of a sudden not be able to see well but you can't yeah. even see to read the back of the box yeah, now so you're like tapping on somebody's shoulder next to you please yeah. tell me what the side effects are it was frightening for sure yeah no that's that's insane that that is probably one of our best travel fields so far you yes. take the cake on that one well, i'm glad so is there any place you've been to greece you've been to san diego been to florida and done the whole disney world thing is there one thing that's still on your bucket list that you're ready to go to Yes, I am dying to go to Japan. Um, So, uh, you know, a huge part of the history of the National Cherry Blossom Festival is that the trees were actually a gift from Japan. We've got a lot of great programming that, you know, um, honors Japanese culture. um, And, of course, they've got a huge, huge, you know, cherry blossom um, festival in Japan. Um, So I would love to go there it just looks incredible. I'd love to kind of, you know, see cherry blossoms from another perspective. This is like my whole life. It's what I do every day. And I would, I'd love to go there. Um, hopefully sometime soon. No, that'd be awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. That is so cool. I just remember seeing all these pictures of Mount Fuji and it seems like at the base there was cherry trees and the pictures that I've seen. With the so blossoms. you have seen cherry blossoms on Mount Fuji, but you never heard of the Not DC cherry blossoms <laughs> below Mount Fuji, and then Fuji's in the background. Just saying. Pretty sure it was like on Nintendo uh, Dodgeball or something <laughs> when you played Japan, but I don't know. <laughs> but he won't admit to anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this has been awesome. Um, I think we are 
ready and excited to yeah, come Yeah, we're going to plan our trip, Get make sure that we've got our schedule down for what we want to go to. And we just want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge with us and with our listeners and to hopefully get a bunch of us out there, first timers who haven't seen it. And for those who have been there but didn't know about everything, you know, new things to go explore and see. Yeah. And y- you guys have been ramping up your social game. So make sure you get on their Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you can keep up on, you know, what's going on with the uh, events that are coming up. And, and of course, you know, as the blossoms change and they start coming out, you, the, it's probably one of the first places outside of the National Park Service that you're going to find out, hey, now's the time to come. Yeah. So check it out. Thanks, guys. I am gone tripping. Don't forget to visit the website for show notes at gontrippinpodcast.com and tag us with your favorite travel and adventure pictures on Instagram using the hashtag gontrippin or at gontrippinpodcast. Subscribe on any of your favorite podcast listening apps and make every trip an adventure. Gontrippin, my wagoneer and I. Gontrippin, reading the road signs. Gontrippin, one playlist at a time. Gontrippin, odometer's ticking. I'm doing a rebel sipping. I'm a road warrior on a mission. You won't find me just sitting home wishing. Cause I, I, I am gone tripping.